Hello, my friends. Welcome to Audience of One, where mass appeal is not the aim. Today is going to be the last, or this episode, I should say, is going to be the last episode of the season. When you look at the list of topics we've covered, my friends, it is quite something, um, really spanning the gamut. Uh, today, we're going way outside the edge again, um, outside a conventional thought. I'd have to say that 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 this particular opinion, when I first came to it, was maybe a little bit more outside the norm than it is now. Um, but, well, take a listen. Um, I think legalizing ganja was way too long in coming in, in, in Jamaica and in other jurisdictions. Mind you, I still keep reading about Rassons so getting locked up for weed or, or whatever. Um, so I really am not sure if we've gone far enough. Um, I'm not an advocate of weed smoking or drug taking of any kind, as I mentioned in a previous episode, but I am an advocate of logic. And I think that the approach to drug to, to illegal drugs is is a, is illogical and to my mind there needs to be some fresh thought on on our approach not just in Jamaica but everywhere uh, it, it couldn't happen in just Jamaica anyway um, but I'm hoping for a, a more global move I mean nobody should advocate for the use of hard drugs that's not at all what i'm i'm getting at or even for our use the use of ganja however i'm i'm advocating it, the problem i have is the illegality of drugs including ganja i mean which is it's legal but it's it's legal in such a narrow sense that it almost may as well not be legal you know the conventional wisdom on 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 drugs, let's say hard drugs, um, is to support is to pursue a war on drugs. You know that's the term that's used, war on drugs. So basically, fight fire with fire. Um, you know criminals are out there selling drugs. You know go after them. They have guns. We need guns. They have big guns. We get bigger guns. Um, and it's it's an easy sell to uh, a population where everybody kind of agrees that drugs are bad. So it's drugs are bad, so they need to be illegal. And because they're illegal, we need to go and lock up the people who are selling the drugs. And if they have guns, then you need to fight them with guns too. And it's not, it's, it, I mean, that seems like a type of logic. It seems logical on the surface so so is is a easy sell um, but i don't know if i agree with that approach in fact i know i disagree with that approach um and i'm going to set out a couple reasons why um the first the first reason and I, 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 won't, I won't necessarily. The first reason is that it is unwinnable. It's an unwinnable war. 
and you don't generally fight unwinnable wars. Um, that's why there's not more wars, because people who maybe would fight the war are not going to fight it because it's unwinnable. And the drug problem has gotten worse, and problem in quotes, however you want to define it, whether you want to define it by usage or you want to define it by the crime surrounding drugs or incarcerations or murders or whatever, it's gotten worse. It's gotten worse wherever there's a war on drugs. The, the, the only thing I could say is that the quote-unquote war on drugs maybe was successful in reducing drug production in Colombia, but then it just got worse elsewhere in places like Peru and Bolivia. So it, I don't know if on a, on a, on a, on a macro level it, it, it made it any better. Mexico and the United States, of course, are the most spectacular examples of the war's unwinnability, the war on drugs' unwinnability. It's unwinnable to my mind because it is so demand driven and because there is so much money involved. And the money, of course, is driven by the fact that it's it's illegal. Right? So the 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 demand I mean you you don't want it any better. You want something you want a product that is in in inestimable demand and super profitable. So that's the crux of the problem, is, is the Ill illegality. Um, it's not drug use. I mean, drug use is a problem, but a drug user um, is a very limited hazard to anybody else. I mean, maybe the people directly around him. But the drug trade, the criminal empires that it spawns and the pervasive corruption that grows to support the production and transportation and distribution. That's really where the problem is. The problem is not drug users. So the, 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 the base argument for drugs being illegal which is essentially that drugs are bad for you. Um, is not it? It doesn't really extend to the extent to which we are trying to control it, because it's not worth the 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 part about it being bad for you is just not worth the amount of effort being spent to stop people from taking it by fighting a war on drugs. I mean, yes, we should discourage people from taking drugs because it's bad for you. We don't need to be fighting a war on drugs because it's bad for you. I, I, I noted three, three reasons, or, or I think three reasons that, that I would want to talk about. I actually wrote down much more than three reasons why I didn't think we should have a war on drugs or or why the drug shouldn't even be illegal. Um, but the first one I want to mention is what I call corollary crime. Right? So when many of us think of the, the violence that surrounds the drug trade, we convince ourselves that it's kind of a localized problem. It's like, you know, 
um, people in this area or that area fighting for drug, drug turf. And then that's where the problem is. The, the violence problem is, is there. Um, and yes, the violence might be localized to, a, to an extent. It does spill over, but we kind of argue those away. But the, the true extent of the, the, the impact, the crime impact, is not, doesn't just stop there. I, I, I want to scratch the surface a little bit on it and consider somebody who is involved in the drug trade, right? Somebody at, what, at a low level, let us say. Um, what, what happens with that person, you know, is that them lose them work ethic, right? And, and they may not even be directly involved. Maybe their friend is, is involved and they see the friend uh, benefiting in this way. And, you know, you, you kind of get a distortion of, of the effort to reward expectation, right? So why am I going to? toil all day when I could just, you know, do ABC and earn 10 times more. So when that, when that work ethic gets depleted, then crime becomes, crime sort of fills that, the vacuum of the work ethic. And all manner of crime spawn from that. It don't have to be just drugs. What you end up with a person who does not want to work for a living. And when you don't want to work for a living, then it's easy to convince you to commit crimes, right? Just, you know, as a sort of not a, a, a sort of separate but related option, consider the proliferation of guns that goes along with the drug trade, right? Um, these guns are not always being turned on other drug dealers. Right, because you have the depletion in the work ethic that then spreads among people, and then you have all of these guns. Well, what do you think happens after that? I mean, those guns end up migrating to other areas to commit different kinds of crimes, whether it be robberies or extortion or, um, you know, carjacking, rape, whatever it might be at the point of a gun, because this drug trade has has kill the work ethic and at the same time um, giving rise to a lot of guns being available. And even if you took away the guns, just the depletion of work ethic is irreparable damage right there, right? Um, so, 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 so I call all of that the corollary crime. And there's, there's other crimes too, you know, so these are just, it's just examples. I'm just saying you don't have to be buying and selling crack that's not the only crime associated with, with drug. It's not just transactional. It's more systemic. The other reason though is the expense borne by the taxpayer. And I did a, I did a, a access to information act years ago to, to try and find out how many or what proportion of our prisoners in Jamaica are there on drug drug charges in the one instance and in the other instance non-violent drug offenses i remember getting a result after i getting a, a response after a long time and i cannot remember if it was 
800 um, of the prisoners in one particular institution um, was there on drug-related charges or if it was in more than one institution. But, but that 800 number um, came back. And 800 is, you know, that's, that's a lot of people. Even if there's a lot of fraudsters and other types of gangsters and scammers, 800 is a lot of people to be giving three meals a day and how much security apparatus and so on, just to keep them in custody. We didn't talk about how they got there, all the operations to catch them and, and prosecute them and get the conviction and all of that. I mean, just imagine every day when you see these armored vehicles rolling through the streets of this community or that community, that's millions and literally billions of dollars. I mean, the number one thing our security forces is doing is fighting the drug trade. Um, and, 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 and it's a huge budget item, right? You have to, you have to buy equipment. You have to buy guns and, and bullets and you have to train people. You have to, you have to be making legislation today. Then when the, the big brain lawyer then beat that legislation, they might find another legislation. That's a whole nother process. I mean, it, it, I don't need to say any more on that, right? It's expensive, the war on drugs. The third one, corruption. So this is, this is, this is a two-headed sort of snake here, right? Because it is both a corollary crime and it is an expense. Um, it's probably more pervasive and just as expensive as the other two. I mean, just contemplate the corrupting influence of the drug trade driven by the amount of money that is there. I mean, you're talking about bribery, blind eye turning, deliberately botched prosecutions, um, you know, policemen letting, letting money off of all sorts of things too. I mean, you can just talk about a man who, who has enough money that whatever situation he may find himself in can 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 try to bribe his way out of it with, with more ill-gotten ill-gotten money. Um, and that's because there's so much profit in in the trade, right? And so much profit that that circumventing these laws is now part of the cost structure and it's affordable because there's so much demand and just so much so much money they can pay their way corrupting corrupting policemen corrupting um lawyers corrupting juries corrupting politicians civil servants accountants all sorts of people get get corrupted you know um it you know and never mind the fact that you end up with rules that make it almost impossible for, for law-abiding citizens to, to open a bank account because they're busy worrying about opening a bank account for the next El Chapo. You know, um, the, 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 the knock-on effect of that, of course, is that once a person is, has taken a bribe for, for one thing, he becomes bribable for any number of other things, right? Because once that that moral wall has been breached, well, it's, it's much breachable again, right? Um, so if we consider just those three things, right? Um, 
you 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 have to see that the overall cost of waging the war is much more than the harm would be that would be caused by John Brown snorting some coke. This, I mean, I believe that whole moral is a moral decision, you know, right? Is in that the whole idea about it being bad and the extent to which you want to stamp it out is really a moral thing. You're trying to legislate morality, which any sensible person know that that now go home, right? Um, now. There's other reasons too, right? There are other reasons why the war is, is, is I shouldn't say the war, the illegality of drugs is kind of ridiculous, right? First of all, people drink alcohol and smoke cigarettes, which are both harmful. I mean, <clears throat> cigarette smoke, that will kill you eventually, right? So that's a death thing. It's also dangerous to people around you. Um, alcohol, people drink, beat up them spouse, people drink, crash and kill people, people drink, operate heavy equipment or, 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 or complicated machinery and, and, and injure themselves and all that. So, that, but none of them is illegal, right? Um, you could easily make drugs illegal in certain situations um, without making the whole war on drugs. It, it, it's kind of you don't need to have both uh there's the argument that people should have a right to put whatever they want in their body a, a, a right that is is now being exposed in great measure by the the due to the the whole issue of vaccines for for COVID 19 right so everybody's honest oh you know it's my decision and i i i must decide what i want to put in my body well there's a that is quite true i mean i wish people just decide to do the right thing um and maybe people can decide whether they want to take cocaine they want to smoke weed or whatever um and is their right um another big reason taxes i mean you could regulate drugs um and and earn taxes off on them you could regulate the way in which they're produced to reduce the, the likelihood of people being um, people dying from adulterated drugs and then you tax it so instead of instead of having a, a expense line item you have a revenue line item right but even with all of that my, my primary argument is the is is the 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 violence and the expense and the corruption, the, the corollary crime. Um, not just the direct violence, but all the violence that, that stems from it. Um, and it's all going to get worse. It's, it's, it's not going to be controlled. How do I know it's not going to be controlled? Well, it hasn't been controlled yet, and it's been being fought for the last 40-odd years. So there isn't any evidence to, to show that it's going to be stemmed. It's just going to get worse. <clears throat> the, the, 
so but the, the follow-on question is how do i know that the violence will stop right so i know the violence is going to continue because it's always continued it, that evidence is there but where is the evidence that it will stop where's the evidence that if we legalize it and and tax it and regulate it that we'll start to earn money from it as a society um and without too much danger quote unquote or too much damage um whether it be to the mores or whether it be to the physical um, bodies of the population how do i know that well there's evidence of that there's evidence where's evidence the evidence is in a massive case study case study oh i, oh, I never hear this case study well the reason is that the case study <clears throat> isn't really referred to as a case study and it's not it didn't start out as a case study nonetheless there's a massive case study involving millions of people and multiple countries over a number of years um but the case study <clears throat> was brought about by what i would consider to be over moralistic overly moralistic elements that made it way into government and 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 and, and creating this circular loop with their electorates right um confirmation bias kind of thing where you have an over moralistic population wanting to hear oh alcohol is bad so it must be illegal so we're going to pass laws against the sins of alcohol and this exhaustive study carried out a long time ago now a uh, hundred years ago i guess um was called prohibition and one of the biggest examples of course the united states the huge proponent of the current war on drugs um but they they took part in this live test not an academic exercise you know a live test prohibition right in the united states have a little note here um on a federal level they had prohibition from 1920 to 1933 and they had it longer at different levels so you had the state and and municipalities would have had their own laws probably making it illegal longer in some areas russia had it 1914 to 1925 iceland 1915 to 1933 finland 1919 to 1932 i have these written down I, i'm not just taking them out of my head norway 1916 to 1927 all of these countries had alcohol as illegal consumption virtually unaffected instead you had organized crime corruption violence at a scale in all of these countries that had not been seen up to that point yes all of them had crime but when this law went into place crazy off the chain violence organized crime organized crime which still exists in a lot of these countries right but started from prohibition right eventually of course they see that consumption is still there too much crime don't make sense you know we legislate immorality that's a losing game so we're going to repeal these laws so they're repealed and what happens is what we have today you have your diageos and your anhauser bush and your appleton estate 
Nigeria nephew. Um, massive companies, global, Angostura, um, that, that, that make alcohol, distribute it, make tons of money, pay billions in taxes. People drink, some get drunk, some do bad things, they go to jail, whatever. But on a whole, it's not really responsible for any great decay that might have been anticipated, right? So the evidence is there. No violence related to alcohol after prohibition is repealed, billions of dollars in state coffers. Money is spent on, on, on advertising, PSAs, public service announcements to say, listen, don't drink and drive, blah, blah, blah. Um, <clears throat> now, it wouldn't be, I don't want it, I'm making it simple, right? And I'm not, I'm making it simple only because there's a case study, but it's not necessarily straightforward, right? It, but I'm not asking people to take audience of one podcast and implement it, right? There's things that you would have to do, right? It, um, all the, how the regulations would be structured, you know, how it would be implemented and enforced, you know, law drafters and civil, civil society people, you know, these kind of ivory tower dwellers who like to, 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 um, prescribe how people should should act and what they should do. They can come up with, with the ways to get it done. The legislators, all of them are smarter than me, so they can figure it out. I'm not saying that just here in this episode I've solved all the problems. But what I can tell you, though, is if you stop fighting the war on, the drug, on drugs the way that we're fighting it, um, we, would, we would be way better off. We'd have far few people in prison and we would spend much less on running down drug dealers, right? Maybe there would still be some illegal drug dealers, you know, but you know, it's not that big a deal in 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 the scheme of things, you know. Um you know, no, no bigger than somebody who's making um moonshine in 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 the backyard which you know who does that you can go down the corner store um so if people choose to take drugs then you deal with those people right you you advertise to them don't take drugs if you take drugs here are here are the facilities if you want to stop taking drugs if you want to continue taking drugs and live on the street well you're gonna do that if you commit a crime while doing drugs, then you're gonna end up in jail just like if you committed a crime without doing drugs, right? And if you do certain things while you're under the influence of drugs, you're gonna to go to jail also. But you just don't need a massive war on drugs. If we were to take 10 or 20% of the money that we would save on legislation, um, arrest and prosecution, and incarceration um, and in all the other things uh, and just put that into the advertising campaigns and into rehab facilities and so on um, you know it would be relegated to just 
I'm not a, I'm not a, um, one of the problems that society deals with, like poverty or whatever. You know, you you just is a reality, and you just deal with it. I don't. Um, I don't really know how much how much more of a case I can make if you consider the violence and the corruption and the expense of the war on drugs. It's eminent unwinnability and the fact that there is a literal live, real life case study that shows it doesn't work, repealing those laws and regulating it does. Not much more of a case I can make and not to oversimplify, but it's it's right there for you to think. So, you know, maybe the question to ask is who benefits from the drug trade? Who, who benefits? Well, drug dealers benefit from it. People who collect bribes benefit from it. I would say there got to be some politicians who benefit from it. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I can't identify anybody specifically, but I'm sure that some money makes its way there. So... So maybe there's some agenda as to why it doesn't get changed. And of course, they would have to sell it to the overly moralistic part of the population that thinks that this is what you must do without considering the proportionality of the response against the risk of the of the, the action. Um, so I don't know. I mean, drop me a voice note on, on the Anchor platform if you if you have a view. I'd, I'd be I'd be eager to hear if you agree or if you disagree. I mean, one thing's for sure: the audience of one does not care whether or not you agree because mass appeal is not the aim. I'm just working off a logic, a logic that I've set out here in this episode. If you don't agree with it, chances are it's not a logical disagree; it's a moral disagree. Um, so you're entitled to that. I'm just saying it's not necessarily logical. So. I'm going to close off this episode and invite you to share um, and comment. You know, certainly add us to your favorites and listen to all the episodes if you haven't listened to all of them. And let me have your views. Uh, this is the audience of one signing out for this season. Um, I am going to leave a small call for opinions on the issue of reproductive rights. That's to say, the right or removal of rights, the granting or removal of rights to women to decide whether or not to carry pregnancies through determination. Um, should they have the rights? Should they not? Should it be a conditional right? Uh, um, but I don't want to give my view necessarily, I want to get the views of women. So I'm going to put out a separate call for those views. Not here, but just listen out for it. Um, peace out, guys. Let's stop the war on drugs. <laughs>